Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Brusky, and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action of Wisconsin, and welcome to another. It's a gorgeous fall week here in Wisconsin. We have our full panel, and it's going to be a hell of an interesting conversation. A lot going on, both nationally and here in the great state of Wisconsin. Priscilla Bort, our Movement Politics Director, is with us. Priscilla, it's great to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> yes, happy, happy fall day i'm glad the sunshine has returned though oh it's so nice i woke up this morning and i'll just lay this out folks for the daylight savings debate i love going back to standard and (laughs) having some sun by 6 15 and uh really enjoying the sun this week robert i can see the sun peering in through your windows it's lovely how are you doing robert's the executive director here at citizen action robert great to have you and it's lovely. It's great running and hiking weather. It is. It is. And I know you'll be out there doing that. Folks, please take advantage of it. It's because because the uh, the ice and snow is coming. But uh, again, as we'll often say, you don't come to us for weather. Uh, you come to come to us for politics and we're going to dive in. There's a lot for us to talk about. I do want to say we will be joined later in the show by Mark Rice. Mark is the Wisconsin Transformational Justice Coordinator uh, over at Wisdom. And we're going to talk about criminal justice reform, what's going on around that. And uh, they, Mark is uh, a real leader statewide in this effort, along with Wisdom and, and the folks that Mark organizes. We look forward to talking more about this critical issue with Mark later in the show. Before we do that, um, want to just give an update. I think everybody knows, right, we are knee deep in trying to support the launch of the Badger Care public option legislation in the state legislature. There was a big public uh, media event, both in the Capitol. We had one in uh, Green Bay with um, Christina Shelton last week, Uh, and the bill is currently out circulating for co-sponsorship. Folks, I need you to right now pause the show soon as you're done and call your state senator, call your state rep and encourage them to co-sponsor. It's very important. We want to try to get as many folks on as possible. Republican and Democrat, please call them. And they have until next Tuesday to, to be on the first wave that signs on when the bill comes out. And to us, that's important. We want to get as many people on it as possible. But Robert, I just wanted to give you an opportunity if there were anything else you wanted to say about it. And then Priscilla, I, I we got to talk about our activity, trying to talk to voters about that. But Robert, um, any anything else you want to mention around just the legislation or the critical importance of this introduction time? That's what I'll say as we go into the uh, 2024 election, polling is very strong that healthcare costs is a dominant public issue. It's a healthcare issue, but it is also uh, an economic issue. And the inflation in healthcare is far worse than what's being heard all the time in the media about inflation in the general economy. And this is the only comprehensive bill this whole legislative session from the Democratic Party or anyone else that actually addresses it and starts to shift pricing power away from big hospitals, big insurance companies, and improves access and creates guaranteed affordable coverage for a lot more people. This is way beyond Badger Care and Medicaid expansion. And so doing this won't pass in the gerrymandered legislature, sets us up to win elections on this and to make real progress 
with a new legislature um, in 2025. That's thank you for saying that, because that immediately gets us to you, Priscilla. And we, you have been spearheading for us a, a massive field effort on the phones, uh, on the doors in Eau Claire and, and other areas where folks who want to volunteer. But we're on the phones every Monday night. Tell folks more about this and why this is super important to what Robert just mentioned. Yeah, um, our Monday night calls are going really, really well. People are having a great time. Our volunteers, our staff, everybody is, uh, you know, walking away with a lot of stories. People are telling us stories about their experience with Badger Care, their friends and family's experience with Badger Care, and why they're not only going to call their legislators, but they're going to tell everybody they know to also call them. And they're like, what else can I do? Can I email? Can I write? Can I go to the office and lobby? Uh, so people want to get involved, which is a really, you know, it is a good sign for 2024 that people are listening to these things that are happening and are getting ready to you know stay involved uh so you can absolutely join us too uh we'd love if you would and to see you on monday nights or if you want to go canvas also let us know happy to cut some turf and get you some lit so you can go talk to people and they can call their folks yeah and if you live in eau claire we'll one-up you we actually have field team on the ground that could work with you and meet you, take you out on the doors, help shadow and uh, get you out talking to voters about this critical issue. And by the way, folks, we would like to have folks like the field folks we have in Eau Claire in every region of the state where we have our organizing co-ops. We are working to that. We're trying to raise resources. want to encourage you to donate to our 2024 fund, our movement politics fund, which is Every dollar is going towards that effort that Robert and Priscilla just talked about. How do we use this issue, climate, the broader stuff that's going on that we'll talk about that played out in the Tuesday election as we get further on and everything else to win that election and make sure we're engaging voters. So please join us again on Monday night. And we are talking directly. We're trying to talk to voters who more than likely might be impacted by this. And I do want to echo what Priscilla said. I've been making these calls. Uh, now we've done three weeks. I am taken back by people who have access to good health care, who then engage and talk very passionately about their concerns for other people in their family, for their neighbors, and, and, and in their inability to get access to health care and their desire and strong support for this legislation, even if they don't feel it will directly impact them. And that is been very inspiring. And, and I think it's instructive to us about the importance of getting out and talking to people who get beyond just our normal circles. So I want to encourage you to get involved in this, this work again, make sure you're reaching out to your, state legislators and encouraging them to support. The final thing I'm going to say on this is we're going to have uh, some more media events around this. And to, uh, we've already got ones planned in Eau Claire, and that'll be on November uh, 17th at 11 a.m. at the Chippewa Valley Free Clinic, please. Uh, if you are can make that, great. And also in La Crosse on November 20th, we're going to be at the St. Clair Health Mission at 9.30 for media events. Um, at these events, we'll have 
amazing stories, but we'll also have uh, some state legislators who have decided they want to co-sponsor and lead this legislation. So please get involved. Help us if you're in those regions, attend those. We will have probably more information about more events like that. Um, Robert, I want to come to you real quick because there's another piece of news that broke this week around something that I think is super important to this broader thing beyond just Badger Care Public Option and how we are reforming this corporate for-profit, profit-driven healthcare system that we have. The UW health nurses over at SEIU are a critical part of that component. We need organized healthcare workers inside the, the health industrial complex to push back and to be advocates for our safety. Robert, talk more about what's going on with UW health nurses and why it's important that folks at least know about it and help support. Well, just uh, rewinding to Act 10, a lot of people aren't aware that some workers got their right to a union totally abolished, not just uh, so restricted it was uh, it was much less useful. And that included home care workers and they included UW hospital workers and has to do with a quirk in labor law in Wisconsin. And also that's to with Scott Walker felt like he wanted to take particular revenge against SEIU, which represented both sets of workers. So this has meant that the UW system has been completely unaccountable uh, to its own nurses who are, and the nurses are always, I mean, people know they trust nurses more than doctors. The folks who are looking out for patients and looking out for the quality of care and their voices have been silenced by this. And they're working to try to get either voluntary recognition from an allegedly public, public related hospital, a public authority and to, and Governor Evers has been assisting them I think the bolder Evers could be the better. In other words, he, let's face it, uh, the governor is not, is, can be conflict averse. So this also is not only encouraging UW background, but encouraging the governor to use every piece of leverage he possibly has to take more of a uh, page out of Robin Voss's book. You see Robin yeah. Voss with, illegally withholding pay raises for UW system employees over, we're going to talk about that later, over diversity, equity, inclusion programs. I don't want Evers to violate the law, but I'd love for him to get even bolder and bolder in defense of these nurses. Yeah, I agree. It's Look, this is something where Evers deserves credit, and also the SEIU and, and the nurses deserve a lot of credit for trying to be strategic about figuring out how do they engage the governor to get in on this and help push back. It's the rightful role. So um, we want to encourage folks to support those nurses. We'll have a link. Check out uh, more if you want a little bit more information on how you might be able to get involved. Priscilla, I'm coming to you because before we go to break, as long as we're talking union, uh, let's do solidarity wrap up. Big news overnight. Uh, we have a massive contract settlement uh, could you please, I haven't even prepped you, but I know, you know, uh, I do know. Yes. Okay. Tell us, you've got a minute yes. to I got tell a us minute. the exciting news. Uh, the actors are also coming back after, uh, somebody pointed out that it was 118 days on one, one, eight. So I was like, oh, that's dope. Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're coming back. I've heard like really good things about this contract, including, um, a big thing about streaming, uh, and and you know bonuses and money coming directly to the people who are you know we're watching them while we're streaming 
uh, and weren't getting anything and they're getting stuff now in addition to many things but i know that was that was a big one they're fighting for um i know there's definitely going to be ai stuff in there because that was another one that they were fighting for and i'll be real i didn't know when this one was going to end i thought yeah. this one would keep going until until the executives could prove that ai quote wasn't going to work uh but it's really exciting uh to see like all right these strikes again are working Yes, yes. And that is that is the most important point here. Solidarity matters. Organization matters. And workers organized is critical. It's like there is we there is no progressive future if you don't have a highly functioning democratic labor movement. So, again, shout out. We're glad to see that that strike was settled. But uh, of course, folks, don't forget, there's a lot of labor action still going on. The folks over at True Stage have not settled that contract. Want to remind everybody about that. Uh, but we got to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Mark Rice. Very much looking forward to this conversation. Folks, you are listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Again, we're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Folks, we mentioned this at the beginning of the show that we were going to be joined by a special guest. That is Mark Rice. He is the Wisconsin Transformational Justice Campaign Coordinator at Wisdom, which is a really important statewide faith-based organizing network that we are super close to. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on, Matt. Well, it's we're really thrilled to have you because we see you all as absolutely leading on this critical issue of how do we reform our criminal justice system to actually make it reflect the values that we all share. Mark, tell us, just uh, tell us a little bit more about, you know, your org, what you do, and then what you're, very specifically, what it is that is your priority and what you'd like to do. And then we'll, we'll dive into a conversation around that. Sure. Well, Quickly, I got into this work because I've been directly impacted by Wisconsin state prison system. State of Wisconsin forced me to do a few years in the state prison system and also kept me under supervision of the Department of Corrections for several years. And so it's a cause that's really important to me due to my personal experience. The Transformational Justice Campaign of Wisdom has four primary aims. Number one, we work to advance racial justice. We want to view everything through a racial justice lens, which is very important in this particular issue area. Two, we've always focused on cutting the state's prison population in half. And we've also have a focus now on cutting the number of people under supervision in by a large number as well. We also focus on advancing humanizing language. So really challenging dominant narratives, working to change a lot of the dehumanizing and offensive language that's used to label people with conviction arrest records. And we also work to restore the rights of people who have conviction records. Currently, a primary campaign for us has been what we call justice reinvestment. That campaign, our number one goal with that campaign is to stop the construction of any new prisons at the state level in Wisconsin. We have a decarceration agenda where if we push that forward, we can cut the state's prison population by more than half just by expanding treatment alternatives to incarceration, by giving people a fair chance to be released on parole, by giving people, by expanding the earned release program within prisons, and also by greatly reducing the number of people being sent back for what we call crimeless revocations on the back end. 
all of those resources then can be redirected back into communities that we save by cutting the state's prison population in half. Also, we can close several prisons. We can close down Wapan Correctional Institution. We can close down Green Bay Correctional Institution. We could close Milwaukee Secure Detention Facility just to start those three prisons by pushing forward this decarceration agenda. Right now, Wisconsin detains 5,200 people for a revocation without a new conviction, people who haven't even been convicted of any new crime, but were sent back to prison for allegedly violating a rule of supervision. So that's more than the population of Green Bay, Waupun, and MSDF combined. Just that one policy change. The governor, Governor Evers, has the power to commute sentences. We've really been working to push that. He over when he first ran for governor, he promised to work with Wisdom and other organizations to cut the state's prison population in half. And he, there's been some steps taken by the Department of Corrections to do that, especially during the height of COVID. But the population starting to go back up now. Department of Corrections controls the revocation process, too. So many of these changes can be done with or without state legislation. We also definitely need state legislation as well to make it permanent. But there's several ways. Governor Evers has a lot of authority to move this forward with or without legislation. Department of Corrections also has a lot of authority to move that, some of these policy changes forward. That Let's dive into that. Robert, you follow up here. Yeah, as you pointed out, everyone saw their prison population go down during COVID. Uh, and there was a lot of mishandling of COVID in, in, in prisons across the country. So that's not necessarily commitment because you need to do structural things. You have to deal. I know there was a, a recent report that we're still very high incarceration rate relative to other states, double per capita Minnesota, I believe. You're closer to these statistics. And in addition, um, that the, the main driver is revocations, which, as you pointed out, uh, people who are put back for parole violation at the sole discretion of the parole officer without a, another crime being um, committed at all or any conviction of a crime occurring. And so I know you, you that's part of your agenda, but it just feels frustrating that Governor Evers would commit to cutting it in half and he hasn't really done the kind of policy work you would need to do and the structural changes need to do to make that happen. So I want to get your sense of that and that we're even talking about building new prisons in Green Bay, things, things of that nature. Right. So definitely Governor Evers has the power to commute sentences, which he hasn't used that authority at all. And it's particularly important from a racial justice perspective, because by some measures, Wisconsin detains black people and indigenous people at a higher rate than any other state. There's a huge disparate impact, particularly on black and brown and indigenous communities. So that's why justice reinvestment is so important. We need to cut the prison population, close prisons and redirect resources back into the communities that have been most harmed by incarceration. Governor Evers can make that happen. The Department of Corrections can make that happen. The state legislature can also make that happen. So we learned lessons from COVID, though. The population at Milwaukee Secure Detention Facility was cut by more than half with no adverse impact on public safety. They did that simply by moving some of the treatment programming into community-based settings and by cutting down on the number of people being sent back for supervision violations. Just common sense policy changes that can be expanded throughout the state. That's definitely really an urgent need right now, especially due to the lockdowns in Waupun, Green Bay, and Stanley Correctional Institution. What's going on right now in Wisconsin state prison system is a humanitarian crisis. People have, had people are really suffering and being devastated psychologically due to the lockdown conditions. There's been suicide. There's 
just been devastation on people psychologically. And like I said, Governor Evers, Department of Corrections, state legislature all need to step up and start to make things happen. Representative Ryan Clancy and Representative Darren Madison introduced the package of conditions of confinement bills that need to be moved forward. Definitely reach out to your legislators and urge them to support those bills. Also, reach out to legislators, urge, and also re reach out to Governor Evers and Department of Corrections Secretary Kevin Carr and demand that they end the lockdowns immediately, to end the torture, end the humanitarian crisis within the prison system. We also we have a big action coming up next Wednesday, November 15th, 11 a.m. in front of the Department of Corrections office in Madison, 3099 East Washington Avenue, where we're going to be raising attention to the lockdowns again. It's really an action aimed at ending the lockdowns immediately. We have people, a lot of people that currently have loved ones in the prison system who are impacted by the lockdowns will be speaking, people who've been in some of these prisons themselves. So it's really important for us right now to lift up the voices of those who've been directly impacted and indirectly impacted and also lift up and advance the strategies of those who are most impacted by this. Yeah. Um, I just want to like, first of all, thank you for sharing um, and thank you for going over what people can do. Cause like, yes, Darren and Ryan are great, but I think people got in their heads after the Clark era was over that, oh, everything is, is going to be fine now in, in, uh, Milwaukee County prisons and even statewide, like we got rid of Sheriff Clark. And so it should be fine. Right. Um, and have started turning away. So I appreciate the extra call for, Please don't turn away. Talk to people. Everyone, you know, we often talk about everybody has some kind of healthcare story. Everybody a lot of times has some kind of um, some kind of story around incarceration. Uh, and they're never, they're never good stories. And we can change that narrative. So um on on that note, um, how are you continuing to change this this narrative and make sure people feel safe and comfortable in coming forward and talking about this? And what are you doing to supporting everybody that you can support? A big part of it is lifting up success stories, particularly of people who've been released on under parole, some who've just been and challenging those narratives out there that some have been we hear these labels so often like violent criminal, violent predator, offender, inmate. And just we really need to push back against that challenge, that type of dehumanizing offensive language and push forward a more humanizing language, really center the really focus on really humanizing people who've been through the system. And we've been doing that by just lifting up those stories. There's so much success. So many people are flourishing in the community. We've done many years in the Wisconsin state prison system. Wisdom and a lot of our partner organizations are really focused on challenging those dehumanizing narratives. And we're doing that through the lifting up the success and lifting up those stories of people flourishing in the communities, but also just looking at helping people to reimagine the entire system and how, about how we build safer, stronger and healthier communities. We're really going to build safer, stronger and healthier communities by taking care of basic human needs, particularly in the communities that have been most harmed by incarceration, black and brown and indigenous communities, also poor white communities and reframing it as a public health issue. And so we know many communities have been disinvested in historically, and it's really time to change and have that conversation about how we really build these healthier communities, that the type of communities that we all deserve. And it's for far too long, we've relied too much on punitive measures, too much on policing, prisons, and courts. It's really time to change that and start to reallocate these resources up front into those communities that have been most harmed. And that's, we know, 
from research and just from our own personal experience, we know that's really what's going to help to build these stronger communities that we all deserve. Mark, that's beautiful. And it's spot on. Uh, And so folks, I don't, you know, hope you were listening, but two, a couple amazing things. We need triage immediately on what's going on currently in the prisons. As Mark said, please get involved. If you have not read or heard about what's happening right now in the prisons that Mark talked about, there's a lot of stories. I I saw one on channel 12. They are absolutely gut-wrenching. It is, as Mark said, a humanitarian crisis, but also Mark talked about the broader structural changes that we need that are beyond. So there are, we need to be operating on multiple fronts. Folks get involved. Mark, tell folks what they can do to get involved with you all. Uh, over at Wisdom in this fight. Yes, you can learn more about us at the website, wisdomwisconsin.org. You can reach me personally. I'm on social media at Ricermark, R-I-C-E-R-M-A-R-K, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, but definitely reach <laughs> out on social media and website and, and you know Facebook. We're on all social media platforms, Wisdom Wisconsin then definitely learn more there and definitely, you know, reach out. We're happy to come through and do presentations for folks who want to learn more. It's definitely eye-opening for many organizations. When we come and really center the voices of people who've experienced a lot of these issues firsthand. I think that's really a key to what we need to do to build this out further, just to get out and have those conversations and so that we can have really centered those, the voices of people who've been directly impacted by the system. Mark, thank you so much for the work you do every day, for telling your story, for following it and actually leading in our state. It's very much appreciated. But of course, thank you for coming on our show today and talking with us. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, folks, we got to take a break. Folks, you're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. Folks, we absolutely have to talk about two issues. One, we're going to talk about what happened on Tuesday. Uh, We're one year out from the election. Got massive amounts of polling being done both nationally and the Marquette poll. But before we do that, Robert, I need 90 seconds. Stadium update. Very important. Uh, There's been a couple of sort of weak amendments, about $35 Uh, that would additional money coming essentially to the state. But we, Robert, where are we at? It looks like there was a vote in the Senate committee yesterday, and it sounds like Senate's going to vote next week. Give us the scoop. Yeah, so this is a uniquely rigged situation where Evers and Voss are aligned. The whole corporate elite is behind it. They're trying to ram it through. It's a very unbalanced deal. We've been talking about it. In other words, not nearly the financial participation the Bucks did and the Brewers, and no discernible community benefits and the economic benefits are, are a lot. And so what's happened is there's bipartisan opposition in the Senate. There's some Republicans standing against it. It requires Democrats votes to pass. They've been under withering pressure from their own governor and from the corporate elite uh, just to put it through that the brewers are about to walk out the door. They have seven more years in the lease, okay? And there's no offer on the table from any other city. And so uh, there's been a heroic stand. And so some small progress has been made, but this is a really bad deal. And it's an outrage when we're underfunding public education the way we are and, and districts across 
the state are announcing cuts because of how bad the budget was and the shared revenue deal from Milwaukee was so bad uh, that we that there's half a billion dollars for one billionaire owner. And these are scams. Uh, anyone doubts it, read the book Field of Schemes or follow the website uh, way back to the 90s. And so uh, at this point, though, the last Senate session is ex of the year is expected to be next Thursday. So there's going to be this notion that they just have to make a decision and do something. So it is likely done by Thursday. It's likely going to pass. The question is, can this be a much better deal? How much will Sanders hold out for? And Senate Democrats are in different groups of how little they would they they would move for. There are some that are never going to support it. But the point is, we need we need to keep pressure on the Senate Democrats because otherwise. If the pressure is entirely from the governor and entirely from all of the corporate establishment and the brewers and the largest uh, lobbying campaign of this year by far, they're spending a ton to get this ill-gotten gain, um, then that it's going to come from average people. And we know in the polling, this is wildly unpopular. This is an example of broken democracy and, and people's voices not being heard in the state capitol. Thank you, Robert. Folks, please make sure if you have not yet, please reach out to your state center right now. Again, pause this damn show. Call your state senator. Tell them to represent the public interest. Priscilla, I'm coming to you. You're a political guru. Um, we're going to talk about <laughs> what happened on Tuesday. Um, and I want to talk about it in the context of a slew of national polls and battlegrounds. Um, heavily scientific, as best as the polling industry can do that. Uh, also, Marquette poll, which is for better or worse, it is the gold standard uh, continuous overtime poll. Uh, and so I want to talk, get your assessments. We are one year out this week from the presidential. And so tell us, what did, what happened Tuesday? What's going on? Yes. What's your take? All right. Uh, so Tuesday, uh, it was election night here in America, uh, in many, many states, as like Tuesdays often are here. Um, lots of good things to celebrate that I'll run through very quickly. And I'm going to miss a whole bunch, too, because, again, there were a lot of good things. Uh, biggest things, you know, Ohio uh, secured abortion access. Uh, through constitutional amendment and voting, which was amazing. Um, Glenn Yorkin is gone over uh he's he's left he's he's been defeated amazing thing as well uh we have a lot of firsts too we've got uh the first black member of congress from rhode island we've got the first uh female philadelphia mayor uh danica rome is now the first transgender state senator in the south uh which is amazing uh so we're still like it's great to have all these firsts. Also still very frustrating that we are in 2023, almost into 2024, and we're still getting these firsts, but we will get there. Um, but that's why it's so important to keep going out and and voting. We have a massive year next year. It's going to be, you know, presidentials are exhausting, whether you are a staffer or you are just a regular human being citizen who turns on their radio or TV or watches something on their phone. Uh, you're going to be it's you're going to know it's happening. Uh, so we we did just have uh this this poll, the Marquette Law poll, um, which everybody should always I, I I am not a pollster either, but like yes, Marquette Law poll 
always, always will be something I will look at. Um, and, you know, we just saw a big wave of, I hate using the blue wave thing, but like, I'll use it for this. There was a blue wave on, on Tuesday. Our Marquette poll shows that Biden's slightly over Trump right now. Um, we know that we live in a swing state. We can look at the last two elections for president and see that we have swung back and forth. We could keep going. Look how many times our governor's seat has flip-flopped. Look how many times assembly and Senate seats will move back and forth. We know we are a swing state. Um, but that means people do have to turn out uh, and have to figure out what turning out looks like for for them. We are a year away. So, of course, this is an early poll considering it's a year um, and things will absolutely change. Things change with debates. Things change with world events that are going on. Things change with fundraising. Um, so, Take the poll with with a grain of, of salt, as all polls should be taken, but look at Tuesday, look at what's coming the year ahead and really think about like, okay, what needs to be done? What do we need to reconcile? How can we how can we get this done now in officially technically less than a year at this point? So an interesting thing, Priscilla, you mentioned that there was a bit of a blue wave. I, Democrats did well. Abortion continues to be an issue we saw on Tuesday. Um, folks, what Priscilla says is 100 percent right about we have to be motivated because don't take this for granted. This was an off year election. We are it, it. Democrats have done better in these, especially since the abortion, because the issue is so, so real and salient. And so the idea that somehow in a presidential, the same results will just happen naturally. It's not true. We need to be fully engaged. Robert, your thoughts on Tuesday and any of the slew of polling and sort of where we're at one year out. Uh, well, it was a blue sweep except Mississippi. And again, it confounds a lot of what's claimed about how we're doomed. Biden is trailing Trump in five of the six battleground states, not Wisconsin, I would point out. And all of that. And I and the and and Glenn Youngkin is a lame duck now because he has a Democratic legislature and they have only one term as Virginia governors. So he cannot do any of his uh, attempts to restrict abortion or the, his other parts of his agenda now until he is out of office uh, where he can run for president then. Uh, and so and the important thing here is, is that and this brings it back to polling, uh, polling is a tool it has value it's sort of like it's one thing one way to look at things it is highly imperfect even the best polls our problem is is that the media makes it news and drives the news cycle and it becomes a self-filling prophecy with highly imperfect information we now know from 2022 that polling does not pick up the effect of abortion rights or democracy because nothing, the 2022 situation where it was a very good year for a Democrat, for a president in the, in the, in, for a midterm election, um, totally confound expectations because the polling wasn't measuring how the public was going to actually vote for candidates. And so be aware of the imperfections. We know this is a battleground state, but we do not know that Biden is in deep trouble, that he has to be removed from the ticket, anything like that. And the, the constant media droning about it because they don't actually want to dig into issues and, and provide what is actual news yeah, is harmful to our democracy. But it's a good it was a good night. And there's no evidence 
in this first last major election before a 2024 presidential election that there is any red wave on the horizon. I think this was a good week, and I appreciate both hearing both of your takes. People need to understand something that polling can struggle with. Um, it's hard to deal with some of the the intricacies of what's happening in electorate. So if you ask someone, do you think President Biden is too old to be president or you'd like, you're easily going to get a lot of people saying, yeah, I mean, I think he's like, I wish we had a younger president, but does that mean I'm not going to support him or that that saliency of that is an issue? Polling can miss a lot of that. And yet it can create a national narrative that he's like dead in the water because he's too old. And, and because somehow, you know, he's not, super popular right now. That's absurd. It can change radically in a year. People's perceptions of the economy and what's going on alter this in a way that is unable to exactly know. However, folks, I want to talk to you before we go about one thing that is crystal clear in the Marquette poll. The state legislature in Wisconsin is wildly unpopular with the voters. It stands out like a red Sore red flag or red thumb. How about that? Sore. It's a, like a red flag. 57% of the voters disapprove of what the legislature is doing. Robin Voss, who I will remind you, is largely not known by over, over half of the voters. Those who do know him, wildly unpopular. Folks, there's a huge opportunity. Um, and I think the polls on, or the election on Tuesday... And you see it in this with the state legislature. There's opportunity for us. We have got to get engaged. We are going to be knee deep in these state legislative elections. We need your help. We need you to join us. Join Citizen Action. Get involved in our Monday night phone banks. Get prepared. We will be all over the field in 2024. We need your support. Donate to our 2024 Movement Politics Action Fund. We'll put a link to that. Every dollar goes to supporting our direct voter contact. Please support that. But we need you. We need you to join us. We need you to get involved. We need you to help us. It's what it's going to take. Mark Rice said it. We got to we gotta get involved. So please, that's our call to you. We're a year out. Democracy doesn't function with us. And don't forget that. Folks, I want to thank Mark Rice from Wisdom doing phenomenal work amazing organization please uh if you want to get involved uh hook up with mark hook up with that organization uh we want to thank our producer brian woldridge makes this podcast happen every week can't do it without him folks thank you much we will see y'all next week here at the battleground wisconsin